Welcome back to another episode of Trident True. Your hosts, Mitch and Clay, are here for you today. And our first topic, spring training has started and it has begun. The videos have been flowing and we can't help but notice that uh, there's no live streams of spring training. I want to talk about that first and foremost. Their games don't start until Friday, right? So we got to wait for all the games. Mitch, spring training videos are getting everybody all hot and bothered because people just (laughs) keep going absolutely yard off each other. Uh, But... Still, we have to wait for these like tidbits that you know mm-hmm. beat reporters are doing. Uh, tell me about your thoughts on spring training already, and uh, some of the videos coming out, and maybe how they can improve spring training. Dude, first of all, Divish is farming. That dude is just pumping <laughs> out vids. He he knows he knows it's uh, he knows it's, what he's doing. Yeah, of course, he's cloud I mean, farming, which is hilarious because if you followed uh, if you followed Divish for any amount of time. He's like the grumpiest, like old beat writer man <laughs> of all time. Like him yeah, it's being so told sick. he's farming, he's literally like, "I will delete my Twitter tomorrow if I don't have to do this." <laughs> yeah, I, uh, dude, I, I appreciate him for it because there is just like such a criminal lack of uh, any spring training content. Like you're you're hungry for it for like four months. You know, we're without the Mariners for so long, and then uh, spring training comes around there's where's the live stream where's like uh where's any sort of content that the mariners are like putting out uh there's like really nothing um and i feel like it's such a missed opportunity because you put out some sort of like twitch live stream of uh people in like the dugout and and it's just like some shitty video of like catchers and you know pitchers throwing and you know batters just taking a few swings that's it people would tune in for sure yeah the poor the poor social media people that are like using iPhones and like different things to like record and how many people are just (laughs) clamoring. Like we haven't had baseball for five months and the the, like best thing that we get is like some landscape video of like a social media guy, you know, on the (laughs) Mariners shooting a video or a beat reporter that doesn't even want to be there in the first place. You know, he's like having to like, he's had the whole winter off. Now he's going to Arizona and now he's shooting a video of like vertically trying to get some, you know, content. It's like, I think I, I told you to this, I told this to you pre-show, but it's like the, not only just the Mariners, but the MLB as a whole, they have to capitalize on spring training. Spring training mm-hmm. is such a lost gem because, you know, we've shortened spring training. There's not as many games. There's double headers. Not everybody plays in spring training. There's some people even holding out during spring training, but yeah. the opportunity that the MLB can take and specifically teams could take to potentially have again live streams like imagine a live stream of cal raleigh you know putting a gopro to his catcher's mask and doing bullpens with you know uh kirby and robbie ray and gilbert and how sick that would be and then on top of that doing like putting a camera for bp and just watching evan white or whoever you know that you haven't seen play a ton in the mlb for the last couple years how cool would that be of just a consistent live stream, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, even drills, like watching a couple of guys do drills, you know, in the outfield, infield, like it can be educational as well, but for sure for our in- entertainment, it'd be so much better if they capitalize on some of this video content. I mean, the guys are absolutely the poor guys are out there training three, four hours and doing that twice a day. Like there's literally eight hours of training content that they have. And, uh, all we get is, you know, a Ryan Divich video. <laughs> Just a few okay. clips every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, and of course, like, he's stoking the flames of, like, he'll post, like, a, a Kelnick home run and then an Evan White home run, and you're like, oh, God, the Mariners are so bad. <laughs> like, the Mariners are so good. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I... And uh, somebody said it best. It's like, I- I'm glad that the offense is just taking them yard because I have complete <laughs> faith in the pitching staff. So true, dude. The that pitching is staff so true. Is like, is, like, you know, we've talked about it before, completely disgusting. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I, I'd love to see, like, the people going yard and, like, Julio ejecting himself from a bad call. Like, uh, all that shit is so <laughs> fun. 
<laughs> yeah, that's so sick. I love it. Um, I also love to see uh, some of the pitching staff that uh, <clears throat> is out there right now. And Robbie Ray gets the nod on Friday. So the first spring training game yes, the Mariners will play. Robbie Ray, I'm sure he'll throw an any and maybe two at most. But um, we'll see Luis Castillo next Tuesday. His schedule start will be next week. And then um, mm-hmm. Gilbert and Kirby will be the following week, I believe. So they'll slowly ramp up the guys. But it's just cool to see everybody back. Um, it's cool to see you know Robbie Ray grunting on the mound again it's cool to see Kelnick um you know take take spring training like it's a Super Bowl it's gonna be you know I I don't know why but I feel like I'm more fired up for this spring training than I probably ever have been like there's so many yeah absolutely it feels like we're gonna be really good but at the same time it also feels like there's a lot of unknowns so it feels like spring training is gonna going to tell us a lot about um, positional battles. It's going to tell us a lot about who, you know, service and DePoto think are, are going to play um, in certain positions. Certainly will tell us more about Evan White, Jared Kelnick, those guys. So um, I'm hoping that we get to see that a little bit more. Although spring training is uh root sports is literally area in like, I think it's less than half of all spring training games. <laughs> so Ooh, shout out, God, shout out root sports, sucks. shout out root sports for making us uh, watch on the radio. If, but yeah, going back to uh, the uh, like the unknowns in spring training, I feel like it's so interesting because usually it's like, like if you look at Mariners teams in the past, you're like, oh, God, we have this player. Like he's just, you know, like we'll see him, you know, six in the batting order, like come opening day and he's just going to suck. But like for this spring training, so many people did well last year and like made huge strides in a like improving in so many different ways that I feel like you can't you can't really uh you can't really be on the other side of that um for like uh you can't really root against them it's just it's difficult because uh everyone's improved so much like Eugenio had one of his best years um we had like a couple duds here and there but like overwhelmingly it went so well for the Mariners so yeah, yeah. It'll be, it's just interesting to, you know, uh, be so positive on so many guys that, to be honest, just kind of like sucked the last few years, but to be yeah, like feel, so up on them is so cool. I feel like the biggest difference is just depth. Like we've always had stars, yeah. you know, we've always yep, had Felix, Cano, Cano you know, Cruz, Cruz. Oh, like we've Seager. always had stars, but it like, we've just never had the depth that we have. Like I just <laughs> talked about how I'm excited about an Evan White, Jared Kelnick battle. Like that would never excite me <laughs> yeah. in the past because the, the two people we talk about are probably not notable names and probably won't mm-hmm. be with the franchise, you know, past a year, but these guys will be like, they literally are yeah. our youngest guys and our, our brightest future and people forget. And I don't need to, go on an Evan White spiel here, but like the guy that's trying to challenge somebody for a, a position has already won a gold glove <laughs> and he's homegrown. Like we're literally going from, you know, a former number two prospect in the pipeline against, you know, let's say an Evan White who's won a gold glove. So it's not without merit that we're excited about these position battles. And of no, course of I'm course just not. mentioning those two. Like we're I mean Tremel was there before, you know, his wrist injury. So, you know, and that's unfortunate. But I think that we are in the most exciting time, I feel like, as Mariners fans and for sure the last 20 years. like Oh, absolutely. You know, the last time I feel like I was this excited, I was a very young child excited about the 2001 Mariners where Ichiro was pretty much a Shohei Otani level of excitement. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of excitement, the Mariners pitching staff, we kind of, we kind of, uh, mentioned how they were getting touched up by some of the Mariner hitters, but, um, the Mariners muse, shout out Mariners muse. Cause they're a great follow on Twitter, but we, they talked about their rotation and just the sheer amount of talent that we have, not only at the big league league level, but at the minor league level as well. And so uh, the Arizona uh, Travelers, uh, they actually ended the season with the rotation of Taylor Dollard, Emerson Hancock, Bryce Miller, Prelander Barroa, and Stephen Kolek. I mean, they jokingly asked, like, would this rotation be the starting rotation of the Detroit Tigers? (laughs) And... I laughed for a second, then I was like, wait a second. I think Hancock and Bryce Miller might actually be, you know, contenders for a fifth, fourth or fifth starting spot with the Detroit Tigers. So maybe not all five of those guys, but the arm talent that we have in the minor leagues right now is scary. 
And that's with us graduating George Kirby and Logan Gilbert in the last two years. That's mm-hmm. pretty crazy yep. to think about. Yeah, and uh, just gangbusters on George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. <laughs> like, just right. so sick. Yeah, I think the one thing that's crazy to me about the Mariners rotation and especially the Mariners minor leagues is really that we are seeing a uh, farm system that is bottom half of the league now, but still has some of these guys. And we haven't even mentioned Harry Ford yet. Right. So it's like yeah. <laughs> we're, we're seeing these like crazy guys in our farm system. And Harry Ford is just sitting there at like the top spot. Um, and I have no idea what position he's going to play with Cal Raleigh. Obviously, it's tough to see him being a catcher, but I can totally see him coming in and playing third base. Potentially, there's some outfield second spots. base, maybe. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there, but I think that there's a lot of potential for, um, yeah, I mean, second base, depending on Colton Wong this year. I, I think that there's definitely some intrigue in what, what happens next, but I love the depth that we have, not only at the major league level, but of, of course at the minor league level. Um, that being said, uh, a fan graphs graph came out today that wasn't super thrilling. Um, and, you know, take what you want from, fan graphs they you know it's not betting lines vegas doesn't use them but the mariners have a per fan graphs the mariners have a 48 percent chance of making the playoffs so less than 50 50 chance of making the playoffs not great mitch what do you think of uh the mariners having a 48 percent chance uh i'm gonna come in with like the coldest take of all time for a mariners fan it is a 100 percent chance of making the playoffs it is it's not even close either. If you think this Mariners team is winning less than 90 games this year, you are just wrong. Like I I I don't even know what to tell you. You have more years on George Kirby, Andres Munoz, Logan Gilbert, Cal Raleigh, all these people who developed at the start of last year and only got better throughout the year. Uh another year under their belt. Um also, people, it's so funny because I MLB Network did this too. They just sleep so hard on Cal Raleigh, I don't even understand. They look at the batting average and they think like, yeah, that's all this player is. But his OPS plus was like 124, I think. Like it, he's he's actually disgusting at the plate. People just don't get it. Um, so yeah, I... Yeah, also, when he was not named as a top 10 catcher and it's the, crazy it was so just crazy. And AL. yeah wild right like not a top 10 catcher in the mlb what are you talking about like dude we are near all-star in- game level player like i not in the top 10 what are you on about like it's so it's so uh insane to me and then you have two additions to the team in colton wong and teo oscar hernandez which I think they are tried and true good players. Like <laughs> you're not getting a you're not getting like a a shaky Jesse Winker, shaky at best by the way, or a uh, Adam Frazier who can barely hit the broadside of a barn. Like these <laughs> these are two great players that we Dude, just yeah. added to the team. I feel like uh, if you have Jesse Winker on your bingo card for today's podcast, you can mark that off because I'm <laughs> about him. although I swore to myself before, I was like, don't talk about Jesse Winker. Don't talk about Jesse. But I did see a post from, um, I-, I don't know which columnist had it, but they were in close touch with Jesse Winker and basically the reports out of Seattle. And we've talked about this before was that, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't working out with the team. You know, there was a lot of yeah. things that, teammates were unhappy with his work ethic um he wasn't practicing with the team he wasn't showing up on time things like that um but the columnist also had some insider info on jesse winker that didn't go public you know last year and is more public this year of jesse winker was hurt almost all year and he couldn't you know do some of the workouts that the team was doing he didn't show up on time because Uh he was getting treatments things like that and so you know although you know Mariners fans were I would say unfair to Jesse Winker and I'm one of them hand up like Jesse sure. Winker sucked last year. It sucked to watch Jesse Winker Winker last yep. year. But there's probably nobody more disappointed with his year other than Jesse Winker. Like there's no way you go from being yeah. a 280 hitter, you know, and he's never hit for power even though his swing is looks like it's like, you know, he can land moonshots if he wanted to, but there's no way that you go from having a high 200 average to barely scraping 
past Mendoza line and you're happy with your year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that that put some context behind, you know, his year last year. And there was a couple of injuries he had. I know he had a wrist injury. I know he had an ankle injury and he fouled another ball off his other ankle. And so, you know, everybody's banged up by the end of the year. And I think that yep. we would love to see more fight, but this is the age old question. Like, would you rather a dude fight to get in the lineup every single day hurt and throw out a 220 average, or would you like them to get healthy and just pack it in and, you know, not play and just try to play for next season or get ready for next season? So, yeah, I mean, we kind of saw that with Cal Raleigh. Like he, uh, he was hurt for I uh, probably like a month leading up to the playoffs. He was hurt for so long. Uh, you could see his like whole hand basically bandaged together. Um, <sighs> Dude, his ligaments were just duct taped together by the end of yeah. the by the end of the Astro series. I literally thought his glove was just oh. gonna fall off of his hand, and he was not gonna know that it did. Like it, it was no so way, brutal. There's no way he had like 100 percent feeling in his hand by the end of the year. I, I'm just glad to see that uh, everyone took a, a nice off season break so they can come back a bit more healthier. Like I, I know, um, I know Haggerty. Hasn't been uh, seen in spring training. I'm sure he's dealing with some stuff. Tramel obviously still hurt, uh, and we'll probably see them. I don't know when we'll see Haggerty because there's been almost no news. But Tramel will see a few months in into the season. Um, and time, you know, well spent resting up. It's it's hard to say though because Cal Raleigh was such a pivotal uh, point in the lineup. Um, and he was just fighting through injuries the entire time. So uh, hats off to him for being a fighter. But, you know, when sometimes it's like almost too much, you get your Jesse Winker situation where it's like, yeah. wasn't exactly worth it to try and fight through it. Um, and it almost hurts the team, right? So it's like, yeah, absolutely. It's like you fight for it, but really, <clears throat> I mean, one could argue if I'm playing devil's advocate, like, did it hurt the team? Like, if he didn't hit 220. You know, poor Kelnick would have had more chances to hit 160. So it's like <laughs> him battling through injury almost did help us because there were yeah. some times in the outfield where it was like it was ugly. You know, it was like we were we were dropping bodies in the outfield left and right, and so there was very few people to actually fill those positions admirably. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I also by the, uh, by the end of the year, Jesse Winker in the outfield was just a non-starter. That was crazy. yeah, he was a uh, that, that was literally the, one of the worst like continuous performances in the outfield that I've ever seen. Like Scott service, even trotting him out in the outfield by the end of the year. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't not. I wanted to see some more Dylan Moore or something. I don't know, man, just make it play outfield. I would have liked to see a cone in left field and (laughs) trying to catch more balls. I mean, it was, it it was sad. It was really sad. Yeah. I I will say though, credits Kelnick, no matter what his batting average is, that dude battles in the outfield. Like he 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 is playing his, ass off in the outfield and he's actually turned into a, a good little outfielder he improved people don't i feel like people don't know this but he improved like leaps and bounds defensively yeah. this year uh, which is war, fantastic to see you could see it in his defensive war too i mean like it you can see greatly improved numbers from 2020 yeah. to 2022 which is yep which is nice to see for sure also i i'm gonna say this because i just believe in that baseball superstition if jesse winker does not brawl out with the <laughs> Angels. And uh, I the Mariners don't go on that win streak and we don't make the playoffs. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I think. I mean, but, Mariners can thank him for that, which, <clears throat> which is great. I mean, I'm dude, sure that... I'm just sure some fantastic would. memes came out of that too. Just <laughs> what a time to be alive during that dude, win streak. And it made me so, hate, so cool. It made me hate Anthony Rendon. So shout out Anthony Rendon. For yep. so, yeah, Phil Nevin for as well. Phil Nevin's just oh. a huge tool. Yeah, huge tool. And of course, he got an extension by the Angels, so he's going to be gross. Just a villain for the next like three years, which is great. I hate that guy, man. So, I hate he, that guy. So he can miss the playoffs with Shohei and Mike Trout, <laughs> two of the I'm best mad. players of all time. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Imagine missing the playoffs, having Babe Ruth and like um, I don't know Babe Ruth and like Nolan Ryan on your team, like that. That's who, that's who Phil Nevin missed the playoffs with. Not just like didn't win a championship, didn't make the playoffs. By the way, it's not like they aren't spending money on like other people. They just threw it all at Ren, at uh, fucking Rendon. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, they picked up a couple of, I think, did Sendergaard go back? Is he with the Angels or did he go back to the door? Did he go to the All I know is the Angels pitching staff is brutal to look at. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta know where. Okay. Yeah. He went to the Dodgers. So I knew he was in LA. Um, <laughs> dude, poor Noah Sendergaard. Like, he's literally 30 years old. You, I would have, dude, what? I would have literally guessed the dude was like 37 years old. Just the amount. Yeah, I would have guessed he was like the same as like Madison Bumgarner or something. Like, yeah, 100%. He, and especially like the miles that he has on his arm because he's been hurt like multiple seasons. I mean, yeah. he's basically playing in his like 27 year old year, right? It's like, especially Ooh. with Tommy John. How many? I want to say he's had two Tommy Johns, but I, I know for sure he's had one. I will never forget. Um, I will never ever forget that Met staff that existed once upon a time with Center Guard, DeGrom, and Matt Harvey. That was a filthy oh. and just the only one even remotely left standing, which I don't even know if we can say DeGrom's standing because the, the poor guy is like every other third start or something like that. But like, all three of those guys. I don't know what the Mets did to them. I don't know what injections they took while they were with the Mets, but holy moly. The, the Mets the, have had some incredible pitchers. Well, and then this year they have Scherzer and Verlander, which is just kind of unfair. But you know. Also, I don't know if you remember like R.A. Dickey, 2012. Dude. Mariner, former Mariner. Dude's knuckleball was just former Mariner. <laughs> That's actually so funny. Uh, 112 innings. Let's see, 112 innings with the M's. Yeah, yeah that's a former M. Mariners legend. Yeah, Mariners <laughs> legend R. A. Dickey. Dude, oh, gross. A 5.2 ERA, by the way, with the that's M's. That's what I remember him as. Just a terrible starter for the M's. Dude, as and soon I, as he went to the Mets, him, though, we signed him after the Blue Jays, right? Like we signed him to after the Rangers. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Blue yeah. Jays were after the Mets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we didn't even get him in his prime at all. Like, not even close. Because oh, just... he, he almost won a Cy Young or did, right? No, or... he, he won a Cy Young with the yeah. Mets. Dude, that's he had a 2 8, 3 2, and then a 2 7 ERA with the Mets. And then like he that... went to the Blue Jays and had a 4 2. I feel like that needs more love. With, a, uh... a knuckleballer winning. A Cy Young is crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's like I I don't know if we'll ever see that again, and we probably well, shouldn't have seen it in the first place. <laughs> well, the poor guy. It was his first ever All Star game at age thirty seven. He wins a Cy Young, and then follows up his Cy Young year with an ERA of four point two. <laughs> his Robbie Ray year, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm but kidding. I mean, hey, good good uh, news for the Mariners if we're doing the Robbie Ray thing. It, uh, R.A. Dickey had a 2.73 ERA, followed up with 4.2, and came back with a 3.7. So Not bad. Lowered it by 0.5, which would put Robbie Ray like to see. in contention for a solid number two starter, I think. And he still won 14 games. So shout out, shout out R.A. Dickey for uh, just absolutely pulling for his team during those years also uh r.a dickey had two years under th- uh sub three era so you know not terrible for real though robbie ray gets too much shit i, I like i shouldn't even make those jokes that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> i know i was like a robbie ray stand last year on the pod or sorry last episode on the pod and i almost felt bad like i like almost felt bad that i was standing up for him and now i'm like i feel like i'm on the right side of history again because oh yeah 100 percent I feel like Robbie Ray gets so, and I said this last episode, but I was like, Robbie Ray gets so much shit that I feel like it's almost unfair at this point. Yeah. Like, I feel, I felt like he got a adequate amount of shit for the amount for like blowing the game uh, and just being a disaster in the playoffs overall um, in the playoffs. But <laughs> it sort of continued after that. Like it yeah, just it, kept it, going it, and it was it like more than to like, Robbie Ray sucks in the playoffs to Robbie Ray just sucks, which yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't it's like, really true. You know, it's you can like, be slightly disappointed in his regular season, but you can't be like pissed off, you know, like you can't be as pissed off as you, as like most people are now. And mainly it's because, yeah, it's the Jordan Alvarez 
just fucking bomb <laughs> Which, pitching I mean, inside to a monster like that. Oof. And I'll give it to Robbie Ray. Who knows? Like, I, that could have happened to anybody. You were not <clears throat> probably would have hit a home run off of like half. I, of, you know, besides Kirby, maybe like. I, yeah, I that was like a that was like a rocky moment to me where I was hearing some like I was hearing boss music when Jordan went up to the plate. Like I don't trust any single pitcher no. in the MLB to go up and face him. I literally was racking my brain when that was happening. I was like, okay, I don't want Robbie Ray in this situation. I knew that <laughs> for sure. But right. I, I also didn't know who I did want. I was like, Yeah. Who is going to pitch in this situation I feel good about? Edwin not- Diaz, maybe like you could have thrown Munoz in there, I guess. But, but yeah, it, like, he'd already pitched at that point, I think. Yeah, he already. So it's like you extend Munoz, or you throw in again another starter. It, so it's like I, there's no good situation. I will. say. I feel like I should watch those games back to um to try and like out surveyus or out manager like surveyus. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see like where it all went wrong and stuff like that because I think you're. I think when you're looking at some of that stuff, like, yeah, Munoz could have been available at that point in the game. You know, like, probably. Maybe there yeah. was it, he a better situation to throw him out there. I will say, uh, on a lesser great note for Robbie Ray, and as uh, president of the Robbie Ray uh, comeback club, <laughs> his historical stats and his historical numbers don't lend itself to Robbie Ray had an anomaly uh R.A. Dickey year. I'm gonna be Yeah, honest. they're erratic for sure. They, they are they're all over the place. Like he won a Cy Young in twenty twenty one, but he has only had two nope. Yeah, he's only had one other sub three ERA year. And that year he started twenty eight games. Besides that, he's only had he's only had three other years below a four ERA in the ten years uh, that he's been in the MLB. So uh, that being said, and he's had some pretty crazy bad years of like 32, 32 starts, twenty three starts with a four nine plus ERA. So, um, I think yeah. I think I the know. Mariners I, are a okay. perfect landing spot for a person like that. I think with people like Logan Gilbert. George Kirby coming up like he's seeing the young guys like just outperform him even. Uh, I I think it's a I think it's a good place for him. Uh, I think he'll get some of that fire back this year. Um, yeah, I I honestly just hope for like a three five year. I think that we can make the playoffs and make a run if he's a three five guy for sure. Um, so somewhere in between that two eight and that three seven, I think that. I mean, even Robbie Ray having a bad year, a three seven. I, I would actually take three seven this year. Like, I, I, because I'd be Kirby, all right with him. Kirby Giller, Gilbert and Castillo are going to be so good. I think that I think that we'll be fine as long as we yeah. we avoid injuries and things like that. I think we'll be fine. If we don't avoid injury, Robbie Ray does have to step up, which I am not super mm-hmm. confident that Robbie Ray is like a good step up guy. By the way, the Mariners were incredibly lucky last year with how few injuries there were i don't know if people uh i don't know if people know this but like every year the mariners have like four good players gone from the equation for like months at a time so like if if you guys weren't paying attention uh yeah that is um the mariners were incredibly incredibly blessed last year for sure yeah and that was even with hanniger out like most of the year so like, yeah, well, yeah. Even dude, it's so crazy because Hanner, you're such a good player when he's in. I know it's gonna suck watching him play for the Giants, and I, I think he's gonna have a great year because he's healthy. Yeah. This is the crazy part. I don't. And Depoto obviously didn't do this on purpose, but it doesn't seem like I, I know Tremel's injury news sucks, but in the grand scheme of things, Tremel's news like if he's gonna platoon in left field, I don't think it's going to be a major deal. No, but I will say. Sir, uh, service and Deboto, very lucky, and Justin Hollander, very lucky so far. Uh, injuries, like, not only not getting injured, but also the injury cycle. It seems like almost everybody, Raleigh, Evan White, Kelnick, like, all those guys got healthy and are healthy at spring training, and they get a full yeah. spring training uh, to fight for spots, which is very rare that everything lines up at the same time. 
you know, usually yeah, I think back in June, July, some, some at the beginning of the year, but it seems like all of our guys are actually going through a full spring training again, which is super rare. Yeah. We've had like a few, uh, we've had a few just in the off season. It felt like, uh, they got like some results back and like Casey Sadler, Evan White, where it was just like, yeah, they are, they are like gone for good. Like they will not be here this season. So yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely very lucky. The SOG has not reached the Mariners um, too hard. So, Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, and I think that that's going to make the Mariners just that much better. Also, Julio is another one. Like his wrist. Oh, dude, I can't wait. Here, so it's, uh, it's nice to have him like fully healthy, it seems. Um, oh, I right. can't wait to watch Julio. Moving on to somebody who also has had kind of like the injury bug the last couple of years is Teo Oscar Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. And that came to bite him uh, in the arbitration uh, agreement and arbitration um, suit against the Mariners. Um, you know, he wanted 16 million. The Mariners wanted 14. The Mariners won the arbitration case and settled that $14 million. Um, yep. Here's the thing. Teo Oscar, uh, that is the most for any major league player ever at $14 million, um, which is awesome. And I'm uh, very happy for Teo Oscar. Um, here's the bad thing is the Mariners have this thing right now. And it makes me very nervous with how many young players we have uh, and how many people are going to go through arbitration here in the next few years. The Mariners are adverse to extending people besides Julio. Everybody wants to point. Well, we extended Julio. Like we have so many more guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirby, Raleigh, Gilbert, like, all these guys we're going to need to extend Kelnick, hopefully eventually, like if, if we can get there. Um, here's the thing is like, I am a guy who wants to avoid arbitration at all costs. And Corbin Burns came out earlier uh, this week and basically said like, yep, now I know exactly what the Milwaukee Brewers think of me because they argued against me having to get paid and just showed all my flaws and how bad I am, blah, blah, blah. And you really don't know um, how teams feel about you until you go through arbitration. Mm-hmm. because of the team camaraderie and the team morale, I would love to avoid at least the guys that we said, those three guys uh, to avoid arbitration for sure. But I feel like Jerry almost wants to go to war with these guys in arbitration just for, you know, Teo Oscar Hernandez is an extreme case. Usually it's over a couple hundred thousand dollars, not a couple million dollars, but Tell me about your thoughts on arbitration because I mine is to avoid at all costs, but it seems like the Mariners have a bad habit of actually wanting to go through arbitration with players and agents. Yeah, I think people, I think people look at it as sort of like you know it's it's just business, you know, like we're we're just trying to get the fairest contract or uh, pay you like the fairest amount of money, but there needs to be a level of good faith, I think, with players that are like criminally underpaid like these these players who are under arbitration on the free market will make like leaps and bounds more money than uh than they would you know uh this way so um which is exactly why you get you know contracts through arbitration years where you're kind of overpaying for some of those arbitration years and then underpaying for some of the years after um and I, I would really like to see some extensions come uh, this year for Logan Gilbert and maybe next year for George Kirby, um, depending on, you know, performance and stuff like that. But it it does suck. I, I, I hear so many horror stories from arbitration and then people tell me or people say that, like, uh, you know, it's it's like it's really not like that arbitration, just kind of like the way of things. It's just business. It doesn't feel that way, especially when you get somebody like Corbin Burns, who's in, an incredible player, and you know the team is just, you know, kicking and screaming over like a million dollars to, you know, to pay the guy. Yeah, and again, it's usually not that much money, anyways. Like, and maybe yeah, in the grand yeah. scheme, yes, but like, Teo Oscar Hernandez wanting two million dollars more is a complete anomaly. Like, the Mariners fought—I believe the Mariners fought Hanniger last year over one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and that's pretty much why he was adverse to come back to the Mariners after all, because they literally fought him for one hundred twenty-five grand. Like, he wanted just, some. Yeah, like, it's kind of gross behavior. It's just like how much money does it cost us versus how much money can we just give them to avoid it and have a better locker room vibe, have players, you know, more more willing to sign extensions, more willing to come here in free agency. At what point does it does 
your track record in arbitration hurt your club overall trying to acquire free agents. It has mm-hmm. to, right? If I'm Shohei Otani and I know that the Dodgers are the Angels usually avoid, avoid arbitration and give you the money that you want in a reasonable setting, or I have to go fight tooth and nail for every dollar that comes out with Jerry Depoto. I'm probably going to go to the angels and, you know, get the money that I deserve or the money that, uh, I've earned on, yeah. on in LA rather than coming to Seattle and, and doing that dance. And so, and, you know, DePoto has said it many times or sorry, uh, Divish has said this many times uh, in his columns, but teams are really and players and agents are really starting to take notice of not just arbitration, but the way the Mariners under the DePoto regime have handled, free agency contracts have handled trade mm-hmm. contracts have handled, you know, all of those. And I think that eventually DePoto is going to get himself in trouble. And I, in the free agent market where we haven't signed a big free agent almost ever, <laughs> let's just call a spade a spade. Like under, under the DePoto regime, like we really haven't. And I know that he's more apt to the trade market, but at what point is it his only option? Because, Agents don't like to work with Depoto because they either know he's going to undercut them or he's just an ass to deal with. So, and I'm a Depoto fan, but I do have to say, like, it's becoming pretty glaringly obvious that you know there's a problem somewhere. That it that makes me, it makes me wonder how much of a hard sell it is to stay in. You know, like uh, when you're looking at some of these players, it's like you know we could sign Cur- we could sign Kirby for, uh, for like five more years and go through some of his arbitration years. Uh, but we'd be paying more money now for, you know, less money later. I don't think Stanton would give a fuck. I like, I don't think, uh, just from what I've seen, I don't think a person like that would, um, would pay more for, you know, less later. It just doesn't really seem that way. And, uh, and you're, you're, you know, you're paying for, the loyalty of this player to maybe you know resign with the team after that contract is over, uh, and maybe he even gives you better terms. Like I really like it in Seattle. Uh, I really like this team. I would like to stay, you know, for this amount of money. This team is uh, offering like you know a uh, hundred twenty-five mil. I'd stay here for like one fifteen or something like that. Um, I I really do think you're paying for some loyalty, and obviously. That obviously happened with Hanniger. The arbitration was such bullshit throughout the years with him. I know, I know, he was hurt. <laughs> but how like, many how many times did we go to arbitration with Hanniger? Did we go three straight years? Yeah, Hanager? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he the injuries really really fucked him. But like, ah, man, he was he was like our Kyle Seeger. He was like our only player that was uh, was out there it, fighting for the M's. All I know is in 15, 20 years, Kyle Seeger, Mitch Haniger, and Marco Gonzalez are all going to be at the bar and talking <laughs> so much shit about Jerry Depoto. Yeah. <laughs> that is a f- absolute fact that I know. Yeah. Is they're going to be sitting around a bar and Jerry Depoto's name is just going to be absolutely dragged through the mud. Uh, Feels that- like the ugly side of the business just kind of sucks, but... Yeah. No, and I totally get it. And honestly, DePoto has done such a good job at the farm system. Obviously, we have a great staff that is handling the pitching. Uh, we have, you know, great um, just contributors around player development overall, which is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, just, I just would like to see, I think that the one glaring issue, and this is really my main point, the one glaring issue just seems to be player relationship management. That that's it. Like it, player development's going really well. I think that for the most part, even trades have worked out well for the Mariners. But overall, just the player relationship management has to be better. Yeah, that, which that the might... underlying problem with the player relationship is just not, you know, spending money on the players. Right, seems to be and, the issue. And again, goes back to my main causation is avoiding arbitration. If you can do that, that's probably going to solve eighty percent of your relationship management with players. Like going yeah. going to court to show how, you know, not worth it a player is, is not conducive to a healthy relationship, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I understand the Teo Oscar one. You know, he was asking for a lot of money, and he hasn't even played a game yeah. for the team yet. Uh, so I, I kind of get that sort of stuff. But nickel and diming 125K or 500K for Mitch Haniger is is just kind of gross, in my opinion. But Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally get that. And, um, you know, I think Teo Oscar is probably a bad example, but it does bring up the arbitration conversation again. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. always good to always good to hash some of that out. But yeah, overall, it'd be it'd be nice to see arbitration avoided in its entirety with the Mariners. Mm-hmm. But I know that it is it is part of the business. It's part of the game. So, um, you know, and man, I'm I always laugh at arbitration because it's the only it's the only not sport, but it's the only like professional job in the world where your yearly review comes up that you want to raise and your boss is arguing publicly how (laughs) you should not get the raise and what you haven't done to earn the raise while you and your team are arguing for you to get the raise. Like that's what I see. Like I'm thinking about my desk job that I have like going in and having a mediator literally in like a zoom room and me arguing my case of like, I've done this, I've taken on this, this <laughs> yeah. is my responsibility now. And now I want this much money. And then my boss like speaks up. She's like, um, all right. And so for mine, I would like to not pay him that. I would like to pay him this instead because he hasn't done blah, blah, blah. He's gotten injured. Like he's, he's been out yeah. sick. He takes too much PTO, like all these things where you're just like, wow, I kind of hate that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can't That's, imagine uh, liking, you know, your superior or, you know, management yeah. after they literally argue for how much you're not worth, which, you know, so it's an ugly, ugly side of the business for sure. On a better note, Seattle hosts the All-Star Game uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And so over the weekend, it was the NBA All-Star Weekend where they have the dunk contest, three-point contest, and, of course, the All-Star Game as well. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about MLB All-Star Weekend. Obviously, the Home Run Derby is a massive um, deal, and it brings in a lot of viewers, as is the celebrity softball game that they play. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, MLB All-Star Weekend, we're obviously stoked to have it in Seattle. I would love to at least go to the uh, Home Run Derby while we're uh, while we're in the Northwest. But I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you see MLB All-Star Weekend-wise that you potentially would want as a fan or is not included in MLB All-Star Weekend that you, um, you know, an idea that you would have? Uh, a example of this would be the Japanese bunting competition where they they put out like the uh it's basically like darts but it's bunting and you have like what this big dartboard where it's like if you get it within like five feet it's two points if you get it with three (laughs) feet it's four points and then obviously if you get in the center it's six points it's electric like if you haven't seen the the bunting competitions in japan they're absolutely incredible but is there anything missing from the all-star weekend from your point of view man that is such a good question. I think I think what I liked over the last uh they've done this over the last few years is the mic'd up shit that they uh throw on people like during the All-Star game and uh uh they'll just have like this person like walk around like, you know, talking to all the players and stuff. I actually want to see that on every single base. Just put like a uh, put some sort of mic down so I can like hear everything and if anything interesting happens they clip it they throw it in you know when there's some downtime i think it's i think it's really nice when uh you get some of those player i don't know it it connects you to the players a bit more i think that's mainly what you kind of watch baseball for like you you watch baseball for like how awesome julio is like when he goes out there and like plays the game at such a high level it 21 and is like so personable and funny like you you watch for that kind of stuff um so i i'd like to see some of that maybe some like maybe some like dugout mics or like player cams and uh, maybe like a catcher cam some something interesting or like innovative that they haven't really tried before um i think would be really cool but uh it, it it is hard to say because baseball just isn't as baseball just isn't as hype as something like basketball. You know, like during the dunk contest, uh you have like you have like all these celebrities and all these like insanely good players who are just like hyping the fuck out of like, you know, whoever's done everyone like gets up Oh you know, like it's it's just uh it's a little more hype that way. Um and I think the I think baseball could move in a direction that is more towards that uh 
and not like capture it completely, but you know, just a few few upgrades in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm of the same same thought. Like I I think they uh, just more just more access to players is like yeah. the the big thing. But I also have like a couple of ideas, which is definitely adverse to um, player safety. So like take it, <laughs> will. But how fun would it be to? And this doesn't have to include pitchers, but I feel like pitchers are historically left out of All Star Weekend of like home run derbies for hitters, like exclusively, mm-hmm. right? But having a competition, and I tweeted this out, and it got, like, a pretty decent fanfare on Twitter. But um, as all, like, insane ideas go to die. Um, but having, like, a crow hop competition or something like that, and again, oh. not against player safety. Or this is against player safety because this definitely would be, like, you have to sign a bazillion dollar Dude, call it the Ichiro but... throw or something. Like, <laughs> Dude, something sick like that. Literally, like, across the diamond, like, something like that where you see how hard you can throw it across the diamond to first base. <sighs> Or you just crow hop into something and you see how hard you can throw a baseball and seeing how hard some of these major league baseball players could throw. It's like 116 miles per hour on a crow hop. But that competition would be so much. It's like the it's like a combination of like NBA skills competition and NFL mm-hmm. skills competition. Of That's actually the things. best idea I think I've ever heard for like an MLB all-star game thing. Dude, how fun would that be? And that would only be that would like be like one competition of, you know, many of like the crow hop mm-hmm. competition. Then there's like the accuracy competition of like put a bucket or something like that. Like you know how the NFL uh, quarterbacks throw it into like the net that's pretty high up that's like corner, but you mm-hmm. do a competition like that where or quarterbacks where they have the moving targets, you kind of do that from the outfield. Um but having a skills competition added to the MLB All-Star weekend would be so much fun. And again, like this is to include pitchers and this is to include some of the athletes that use their arm and most of MLB, most MLB players have insane arm talent that mm. isn't showed off during all-star weekend. So, and again, this kind of goes against player safety because I'm sure that there's definitely players that would be like, I'm not going to throw my arm out on all-star weekend, <laughs> but how fun would it be to do something like that? That's like, you know, how hard can you throw it across a diamond, crow hop competition, you know, accuracy competition from, you mm-hmm. know, right, left field, center field, wherever. Um, or have a speedometer then, for like some of the some of the pitchers, see how fast that they can uh, <laughs> see how hard they can throw the ball. Oh, dude. Yeah, exactly. They for sure would not go for that, but that would be so sick. 100%. But also, yeah, you know, just like a, a <clears throat> yeah, almost like a MLB combine where you just see players like mm-hmm. do outrageous things. Like I know Mookie Betts bowls a ton and like stuff like that. So it'd just oh be cool to show God. off some of the, it's, it'd be cool to show off some of the more like insane things baseball players can do because I know that there's skills out there that definitely don't get showcased on a daily basis. So yeah, yeah but very uh, true. That's that's really only, my only idea is uh, just and I'm sure people have a ton of others, but having mm-hmm. a, a skills competition that have different, you know, even drills that people do on a on a regular basis would be pretty cool. So, dude, I'd like to see uh, I, I would like to see like an accuracy kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen those videos of like some dude winning a, a car or something because he yeah. like hits a hockey puck across the court yeah, into yeah. like this tiny little slot. Um something like that would be cool just because I'm pretty sure an MLB player could like do that pretty easily. Dude, one of the other ones was a uh, the NFL did this competition where they did like a a trick catch competition where receivers mm. did like trick catches and stuff like that. Oh, they did, like, so tackle. sick. Dude, so the MLB did that where it was like a trick catch competition where you like, you know, it, yeah. it's, it can be totally unusual. It's totally mm-hmm. not something you do in a game, but it's like you backflip into catching a baseball. That'd be <laughs> sick, you know, stuff like that. Throw your glove at it or something. No, like, the MLB, yeah. MLB just needs like new ideas in this to where it's mm-hmm. like not Mickey Mouse, but, you know, it engages with the younger crowd. And I think the NFL is trying to do that, although, you know, some of their stuff is kind of whack. A lot of uh, people just don't want to see the MLB do new stuff, though. Like there's just a <laughs> lot of old heads in the yeah. in the baseball community that Dude, some people they don't want to see any of that. They even hate the home run derby. They literally yeah. are just like yep. lace it up play the all-star game and like let's get back to the 162 games that you guys are <laughs> like dude chill out bro like, like this dude is- people are getting hurt you know swinging a bat during the home run derby like, dude shut up want to <laughs> watch some bombs bro yeah julio rodriguez is one of those guys that got hurt yeah i know 
<laughs> oh man still terrible. glad he went man his hype was insane oh, after that real. i feel like that like played into him getting that massive contract there's no way it didn't yeah for sure i think that 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 they saw how electric of a player he was like 100 percent. yeah um all right well ending it with this or that mitch can you give us our this or that for this week all right first one up Okay, uh, first uh, to hit a home run in spring training, will it be an infielder or an outfielder? Ooh, good question. I am going to go, I'm going to say outfielder because I'm going to either say it's going to be Julio or Teo Oscar Hernandez. I think that's pretty fair. Both are, uh, both hit bombs. They just, uh, they slam the ball. I. But also, ca- like, I'm thinking of the infield. Oh, man. Cal Damn. Raleigh. Yeah. Hey, Eugenio. Ooh. I was going to say Gino or Ty France. Like, those are both eligible. I can also see Gino just sitting out spring training because he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you kind of see, like, uh, obviously Gino works very hard, but also, I just. Yeah, he's like in Cabo or something. Like, Gino's like, dude, I just really don't need spring training. And, like, I'm I'm just not about it. Good yeah. vibes. <laughs> why did, yeah, why does he remind me of somebody who's, like, more inclined to, like, smoke a bowl than, like, actually <laughs> go out there and so true but i'm gonna go outfield although i am, yeah i would definitely make a case for the infield uh i'm gonna go infield with this one i think i i just get a feeling it's gonna be a eugenio or cal raleigh i want to say cal raleigh is gonna be the first one but uh yeah he cal raleigh i just feel like has the most power out of anyone on the team for sure yeah, uh, I, I would say once Ty France is fully healthy, the, he probably had. But I guess Gino, Gino probably. I mean, he's a, literally a he's a strikeout yeah, Gino, bomb guy. I mean, dude, they they had that stat like, uh, like every single game in the playoffs of like a Eugenio having some of the most home runs over the last five years, like yeah. behind Aaron Judge, so which is funny. nuts. Which is nuts. I think that that just speaks to how healthy the dude is. Like he just yeah, literally pretty showed true. up day in and day out. Like it's sick. Okay, um, next, right, one. next one. Who has the most spring training home runs? Evan White or Jared Kalanick? Dude, I love this one. I absolutely yeah. love it because I think that Kalanick is going to treat spring training like his actual Super Bowl, <laughs> and I think Evan White is truly healthy for the first time in like three years. Like no, mm-hmm. no joke. Um. I'm going to say Jared Kelnick just because yeah. I think that he could, in my mind, like he's totally, he's totally 180 to his career of like, I could be a five tool guy. And now he's like, I am going to hit for power and I'm going to be a big defensive guy. Like that's literally like his corner that he's molded. He's like, I'm listen, I can't hit off speed. I can't hit lefties that well. So I'm just going to hit absolute. I'm going to be Jim Tomey and hit absolute jack <laughs> right handers. And that's going to be my gig. So I'm going to say Kelnick, but again, I'm rooting for Evan White. If it, it becomes Evan White, I'm going to be stoked for him. Yeah, dude, I, I I love rooting for for Evan White. I think Evan White has some power that people haven't really seen. Um, some of the spring training videos, of course, Evan White uh, going yard um, provides a little bit of hype for him but yeah i i, I have to go Kellenick for sure you know, also evan white hit for a bunch of power in triple a last year like he went on a oh, little did power, he? power surge once he was healthy so um definitely not out Oof, of question interesting he competes with Kellenick. all right next one and last one what do people freak out more over a Ro- robbie ray gets taken yard or julio goes yard Freak out more over. Oh, man. It, if we're talking uh, Twitter, every time Robbie Ray gets a home run hit off yes, him, yeah, it, could, it could literally be 14-0. to zero. Mariners are up. If Robbie Ray gets a bomb hit off of him, I like the Jordan memes are coming back. Like It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a fact. Every bomb, well, there's going to be an Astros fan in our mention somewhere. So I'm going to say Robbie Ray, although – and also because I think Julio's home runs are just going to be become just like a yawn fest because it's like, oh, Julio went yard today. Cool. Like Julio's True. at 40. Julio's at 40. Awesome. No, Julio's, <laughs> Julio's a 40-40 guy now. It's like, cool. Yeah, we knew that was coming. So um, I think it's Robbie Ray and mainly for the trolls. And it depends on what platform because if we're talking mm-hmm. freak out on Twitter, it's always going to be Robbie Ray. <laughs> Robbie Ray is... <laughs> Is etched a, a dude. Twitter's got some level. haters, man. Twitter is uh, chock Robbie full. Ray has got a hate circle inside of Twitter. I know that <laughs> for sure. I know that for sure. 
Yeah, more so. I yeah, it's kind of hard to say because it's the question is kind of like uh, who has who has more fans, like the Robbie Ray hate or the Julio love. You know, like <sighs> yeah, I think across MLB, it's clearly Julio, Julio love. But like inside of the like little weird Mariners corner that we've we've been a part yeah, on of, Twitter, I think, it's Robbie, I think it's the Robbie Ray hate I hear more often than Julio love. I'm gonna go with Julio just for the. Uh, I don't know, just to be a contrarian, but uh, yeah, Robbie Ray for sure is going to get uh, just absolutely ass-blasted unless he has like an incredible <laughs> regular season. Oh, man, I hope so. Man, all, all the things that I hope happen, I hope happen because like the alternative is so depressing. I, oh, I was like, sucks. I went down a deep mental path the other day of like, man, what if Ty France regresses? What if JP isn't that good this year? What if, <laughs> what if Robbie Ray has a four plus ERA? Like, the Mariners truly could like be in disaster mode. <laughs> like, to, like Dude, after like I can't spiral like this. I can't do this. Yeah, after like such an incredible 2022, like the players were just like playing out of their minds. It felt like. Uh, so yeah, I I definitely get why you feel like that. Um, I will remind people though that there are some good teams, including the Braves, that like. They these are or it was the Mets. Like the Mets were really good and still missed the playoffs uh, a couple of years while they were like having a great young core. And mm -hmm. so, if the Mariners missed the playoffs, I know that there would be a ton of people calling for service and and Depoto and all these people. Like, listen, both things can be true. We can miss the playoffs <laughs> this year. God forbid, we can miss the playoffs this year, and we could still be in good shape for the next five years. Both of, those are yeah. Both of those are true, and I hate to admit that because I, of course, want to win a World Series. I want to go to the playoffs, mm -hmm. like all these things. But like, we can still be on a great trajectory with missing the playoffs barely this year. Like, if we're a complete disaster, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, changes can't be made. But <laughs> if we miss the playoffs, like barely, if we get edged out, you know, say the Angels are healthy all year, Mike Trout and Shohei do what they do, you know, Degrom pitches all year, has 30 plus starts, like. You know, that could be a recipe for the Mariners potentially not to make the playoffs, and that's okay. That just means that we got outplayed by teams that also invested in their teams. You know, we I hate to be that guy, but we are eighteenth on the payroll in twenty twenty three. So it's not like we're like world beaters on the payroll schedule. Yeah. And I know we want to talk about the freaking twenty twenty four payrolls, but it's like the Mariners mm -hmm. are still not top ten in that either. So that being said, I, I hope if the Mariners struggle at the deadline, DePoto goes out and uh, makes a few trades. And, uh, yeah, if they do miss out, not a big deal. You know, we still have an incredible young core. Um, and I don't think we're going to miss out. I think it's going to be a 95-win season. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we're primed to do it. I think we got the pitching staff for it. I think defensively yep. we're really good, and I think that our hitting is, you know, going to be one of the best, like top to bottom, that we've seen in a long time. At least average wise, like mm -hmm. we can't get much worse than we have been the last five years. Like average wise, the Mariners have been bottom like five every year. It's been horrific. <laughs> we we truly have not had one guy that has like lifted our averages up. Like I think Julio almost led the team in batting average at like two eighty last year. It's like. Miserable. Yeah, and usually teams have like a three twenty hitter, like you know, someone someone in the three hundreds. I, well, Ty France was the last one, I think. If I was a GM, if I was just a dummy, like I am, like I would just set up a team. I would like I would have one all star that hit like three ten, three twenty, and then I'd have like four guys in the middle of the order that hit like two hundred to two ten, but hit forty home runs uh, <laughs> a year. Like that, that was literally how my lineup would be structured. And then I'd have like two defensive guys that played like shortstop and second base that's mm -hmm. that's like how i actually love that that's perfect like, <laughs> like one average guy one like batting average title contender four guys that could hit 30 bombs each or had the potential to do so but struck out 200 times a year and then mm -hmm. the rest of the guys incredibly mediocre at the plate but like you know above average defensively that's literally how i'd set up my lineup dude what's cool about the Especially mariners is us, you get like a I was going to say, fortunately for us, DePoto is way smarter than me. And he is. Oh, the, yeah. The team is very, very, is very, very good top to bottom. Thank like, God. Oh, like, boy. <laughs> like, defensively, oh, our team shit. is really good. Like, Julio and center. Like, I can see three gold glove winners this year. Like, I truly can. 
I, if J, if yeah. JP plays well, if Julio plays well, if Cal Raleigh plays well, like I think that those three are, can be contenders. And then if Ty mm-hmm. France, you know, is up to snuff again, like I, there's no reason why he can't win a gold glove. So, yeah, I think last year was kind of a wake up call for JP. Like he just wasn't as good as he could be defensively. I yeah. think he absolutely could be another gold glove. For sure. For sure. I do it. Any, uh, any other Mariners news and Mariners topics you want to go over today? I think that's it from us. Cool. All right. Well, hey, thank you for listening to the Tried and True podcast. Of course, in the show notes, you can always subscribe to the Tried and True newsletter. We not only have a podcast, but we release blogs and news articles and newsletters almost every single week. And so make sure and subscribe to that. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Yep.